Hey movie lovers, welcome back to This Movie Changed Me, a podcast where we talk about movies that have significantly impacted our lives. I'm your host, Thea, and today we'll be doing things just a little bit differently. Unlike other episodes, there will be no guest today. Instead, y'all are stuck with me, sorry not sorry. I thought it would be fun to spend today's episode talking about the movie that changed me. The format will be the same as normal, except I'll be asking and answering the questions, so try not to get too sick of my voice. So, let's dive in. What was the movie that changed me? Without a doubt, it's Star Trek. I should probably be more specific, Star Trek The 2009 Reboot, directed by J.J. Abrams. If you don't know what that means, then let me give you a quick explanation. Star Trek, the original series, was a science fiction TV show that came out in the 1960s, and following its three-season run, I think 10 motion pictures came out as well, and three different spin-off series as well as an animated series in the 70s. Then in 2009, the first Star Trek reboot movie came out, and if you don't know what that means, a reboot is basically a remake of a franchise where the characters, plotline, and backstories are recreated from... beginning. Um, Then in 2013 and 2016, sequels to the 2009 Star Trek came out, and in 2017, another Star Trek TV series started airing, and I think last year maybe an animated comedy series came out as well. I got a little off track, but that was your uh, mini crash course on the Star Trek franchise timeline. You're welcome. Anyways, what is the story behind the first time you watched this movie? So, my introduction to the Star Trek universe began with the 2009 reboot, and I watched it in June of 2016 when I was 12 years old. My family from India was visiting and was visiting us that summer, and my uncle and my dad were taking it upon themselves to introduce my cousin and I to some of their favorite action-adventure, sci-fi, like classics movies. When they mentioned Star Trek, I was immediately against it. I'm pretty sure I said that it just sounded like an off-brand Star Wars and that I knew it would be so boring and so stupid. They persisted, saying to just give it a chance, and eventually my cousin and I begrudgingly agreed. I had no idea the impact it would have on me. I still clearly remember the utter awe that I felt as I watched the sleek and colossal starship slowly emerge in the blackness um, of space as the main theme of the score began to build and the horns continued to crescendo as finally the ship comes into a complete view. The moment the movie ended, I knew that it was special to me due to the fact that I immediately wanted to watch it again. But why? What made the movie so impactful? To answer that, I'll have to give some context into what was going on in my life at the time. 
It was the summer of 2016. I was 12 years old. My only friend at the time had just moved to another country. My great-grandfather in India had just passed away, and my parents, about a week before I watched Star Trek, had told me that they were getting divorced. Watching Star Trek gifted me two hours away from my world, where it felt as if nothing was going right, into a world where there are galaxies upon galaxies to explore. A world full of different beings, all coexisting and working together. A world full of exploration, where the possibilities were truly endless. I was amazed, I was enraptured, and it felt as if I couldn't get enough of it. This was where I began to turn to movies as a form of escapism, essentially giving rise to my complete love for film. Star Trek gave me the one thing I didn't have at that point in time, the one thing I craved, which was togetherness. I mean, at its core, that's what I believe Star Trek is all about. And I think that the first reboot movie did an absolutely incredible job of setting up this crew and demonstrating their essentialness to each other. Just to give a quick summary, the 2009 um, the 2009 movie gives us the backstory um, of main character James T. Kirk, and it sets up how he goes from a middle-of-nowhere delinquent with a genius IQ to on track to graduate from the prestigious Starfleet Academy on the command track in three years, which is a practic- practically unheard of feat. Um, along the way, He befriends country doctor Leonard McCoy, who Jim nicknames Bones, and he makes enemies in the first half of the movie with the um, Vulcan named Spock. Um, When there are threats from a Romulan commander named Nero, who is hell-bent on destroying both the planet Vulcan and the planet Earth in the name of vengeance, um... The USS Enterprise, which is the most sophisticated ship ever built, is forced to embark on its maiden voyage with a highly novice and experienced crew to defeat Nero and essentially save the galaxy before it's too late. What I adore about this movie is the way they've set up the characters. For people watching the reboot who were new to Star Trek, like me, the film gets across the personalities of the characters so brilliantly. Furthermore, watching this movie when I did, I immediately latched onto them, taking their characteristics and their actions and hoping to emulate them in my life. So the audience's introduction to Jim Kirk um, in Star Trek 2009 is a scene of him speeding down a dirt road in his stepdad's bright red sports car, which he stole, um, and the song Sabotage by the Beastie Boys blares over the speakers. We watch Jim approach the edge of a cliff. We can see in his eyes a dangerous glint, unsure if he should take himself over or slow the car down and turn around. He speeds up and at the very last second, swings the car around so that he can jump out just in time as the car flies over the edge of the cliff. This is the perfect introduction to his character. We see his recklessness. 
we see his lack of care. But as the movie progresses, we see him mature, except he still keeps that unpredictable nature about him. There's a scene in the film where Kirk is accused by Spock of cheating in a simulation. And as the two of them go back and forth, Kirk says, I don't believe in no one's scenarios. That really resonated with me the first time I heard it. This statement really made me think. I don't believe in no one's scenarios. And I think that's a statement I've unconsciously taken forward with me. I'm naturally a stubborn person. And those words have motivated me to find a solution to a problem, no matter how difficult it may seem. Spock's character is 100% the biggest reason as to why this movie had such an impact on me. On my first watch of the 2009 movie, I couldn't figure out what it was about him that spoke so deeply to me. Who was that pointy-eared bastard? I don't know, but I like him. He's half human, half Vulcan. He's half alien. He's struggling with these two identities, wanting to commit fully to one his logical, emotionless Vulcan side, but unable to. His human emotions are impossible to just shut away forever. And I related to this inner conflict in two different ways. Mr. Spock, the mind of the Enterprise, the fearless genius who ensures a calm force of intelligence guides their every mission. But look deeper and you will see an outsider who does not belong, a man of two worlds. This tears him apart, a constant battle between what he thinks and what he feels. What does he do? Does he follow his head, embracing logic and the path of reason? Or does he follow his heart, knowing the emotions he cannot control may destroy him? Spock is a person of two different worlds, two different identities. And while I'm not half alien, I also exist as two different identities. When I watched this movie, I was right in the middle of middle school and I was struggling with my Asian American identity. I felt too brown in my predominantly white school when people mocked Indian accents and told me that my food smelled bad when I brought it to lunch. With my family, I felt like I didn't fit in either. I couldn't speak Hindi, and I didn't understand so many of our cultural celebrations. Like Spock, I felt the urge to commit to only one identity, feeling as if it wasn't possible to exist as a combination of both. Furthermore, I related so strongly to his inner turmoil over his emotions. I was someone who had the tendency to wear my heart on my sleeve, and I hated that fact about me, so I tended to keep a lot of things bottled up. Spock, too, did not have the hold that he thought he had over his emotions, and in the movie, he succumbed to being emotionally compromised due to the fact that he kept all of, all of his personal feelings repressed. Seeing a character like Spock, who was so logical and smart, yet still torn up by these same emotions, something that I really needed to see at that point. After watching the reboot movies, I began making my way through absolutely anything Star Trek that I could get. I watched all of the original series and all of the original motion pictures. I found it impossible to get into any of the other TV series because I was so attached to the original crew of characters and it didn't feel like Star Trek to me. I feel, like, I feel as if I've learned so much from Star Trek. The lessons that I took from it truly got me through a really difficult period in my life. Spock's philosophy of that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and his overcoming of the Vulcan values instilled in him when he accepts Kirk's friendship and says I have been and always shall be your friend and the Vulcan word kaidit which means what is is 
are just some of the things in Star Trek that I've taken forward with me that have changed me for the better. Well, that's it, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I'll leave you with the classic Vulcan farewell and the theme of the franchise. Live long and prosper, and remember to boldly go where no one has gone before. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before.